Hey there. Before we begin this episode, I just wanted to let you know that there's some new t-shirts and other merch for Base on a True Story, including an awesome hand letter designed by the talented artist Corey Stewart over at baseonatruestorypodcast.com slash merch. Once again, that's baseonatruestorypodcast.com slash merch. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I list off movies like Disney's National Treasure, National Treasure Book of Secrets, and The Sorcerer's Apprentice? Well, you know, they're actually more than fun adventure movies starring the one and only Nicolas Cage. They're also movies directed by John Turtletaub. And yet, John's connection to Disney goes back beyond his days working with Nick Cage. There was 2000's The Kid, which saw Bruce Willis playing the lead role in a feel-good family film. Or there was 1996's sad and yet what many would consider yet another feel-good film, Phenomenon, with John Travolta. In addition to these feel-good films, John also directed classics such as 1995's rom-com While You Were Sleeping, and even 1992's Three Ninjas. All of those were produced by Disney-owned Buena Vista Pictures. Sandwiched between his work on Three Ninjas and While You Were Sleeping, Disney spent $15 million on yet another feel-good John Turtletaub film. When Cool Runnings was released in 1994, it didn't take long for it to win over fans on its way to making almost $70 million at the box office. No doubt that success at the box office and beyond helped cement the inspirational story in Cool Runnings of underdogs overcoming incredible odds into all of our minds. It's something that everyone loves, especially in sports movies. But is it true? I'm Dan LeFebvre, and this is Based on a True Story. It's time for Two Truths and a Lie. Listen closely for the two truths scattered throughout the episode. Then, by process of elimination, you'll know which one was a lie. We'll do a recap at the end of the episode to see how well you did. Okay, here are the two truths and one lie. Number one, all of the characters were made up for the film. Number two, the real Jamaican bobsled team did not crash in the 1988 Winter Olympics. Number three, one of the writers for Cool Runnings admitted to writing the film while on heroin. Now, before we get back to today's story, I want to let you know that you can recommend a movie to get covered on the show over at basedonatruestorypodcast.com slash recommend. And if you want to guarantee that episode will get made, you can sponsor an episode by becoming an official producer or executive producer of the show over at patreon.com slash based on a true story podcast. As an added benefit, your sponsorship will help make sure that I can keep buying the movies, books, research materials, hosting, and really all of the other costs that go into making this show. Once again, that's based on a true story podcast.com slash recommend to recommend an episode, and then patreon.com slash base on a true story podcast to sponsor your own episode. And with that, let's compare history with Hollywood's version of Cool Runnings.
The movie begins by introducing us to one of the main characters, Doris Bannock, who's played by Leon Robinson in the movie, or just Leon, as he's known professionally. In the movie, Doris is the son of an Olympic runner from Jamaica named Ben Bannock, and Doris has dreams of continuing the family's legacy at the world's top athletic stage. After this brief introduction, we find out who the other members of the team will be. First is Sanka Coffey, who's played by Dougie Doug, followed by Junior Bevel and Yul Brenner. The character of Junior is played by Raleigh D. Lewis, while the character of Yul Brenner is played by Malik Yoba. As we see in a lot of movies, we're hit with our first fiction in the film right here. Ben Bannock, Doris Bannock, Sanka Coffey, Junior Bevel, and Yul Brenner are all fictional people made up for the movie. Well, sort of. Senka is actually a brand of decaffeinated instant coffee that's part of the Kraft Foods brand. So it's not a person, but Dougie Doug's character is spelled Senka Coffee with an I-E instead of E-E. -E. So it's C-O-F-F-I-E instead of C-O-F-F-E-E. -E. But the brand, sorry, the first name is spelled the same. Speaking of spelling, Malik Yoba's character is Yul Brenner. While he's a fictional character in Cool Runnings, there really was a person named Yul Brenner with a Y instead of an E. So the last name is spelled B-R-Y-N-N-E-R, -N -N -E and that's the real person. The fictional character's name is spelled B-R-E-N-N-E-R. If that name, Yul Brenner, does not ring a bell, you'd probably recognize him if you saw him. He was the King of Siam in The King and I, a role he portrayed thousands of times on stage for the musical as well as in the movie. He was also Ramsey's opposite Charlton Heston in Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments. And he played Chris in The Magnificent Seven. As a little side note, Yul Brenner's character in the original the Magnificent Seven movie, was played by Denzel Washington in the recent 2016 remake. Needless to say, Yul Brenner was one of the leading men in Hollywood for decades. So while I don't have any insight into why Cool Runnings writers Lynn Seifert, Michael Ritchie, Tommy Swerdlow, and Michael Goldberg came up with the characters' names, I really would like to think that they were in the writer's room watching Yul Brenner's Ten Commandments or one of his movies and drinking Senka Instant Coffee when they came up with the names. I highly doubt that's what happened, but it's a fun visual to imagine. Although, in a 2013 AMA, or Ask Me Anything, on Reddit, Cool Running's writer Tommy Swerdlow admitted he wrote the movie while he was on heroin. So, maybe it was a little something a little bit stronger than Sanka Instant Coffee in the writer's room. Back in the movie, after Doris and Yul have their dreams of going to the Olympics crashed when they're tripped up by Junior, the three unexpectedly decide to become teammates along with Doris's good friend Sanka so they can still become Olympians. Except they won't make the Summer Olympics, so they decide to try to make the Winter Olympics as bobsledders, a sport none of them know anything about. The final member of the Jamaican bobsledding team is John Candy's character, Irv Blitzer. According to the movie, Irv is a former bobsledding Olympic gold medalist who just happens to be living in Jamaica as he tries to drown his past life in liquor and gambling. As you can probably guess, 
Irv is also a fictional character, as is pretty much this entire setup. So with all of these fictional characters and this elaborate storyline, that begs the question, who were the real people and what is the real setup for the Jamaican bobsled team? The weather is getting nicer, which means now is the perfect time to plan ahead for summer fun. Personally, I'm hoping to be able to visit my family this summer, and that means booking flights as soon as possible before the prices go up. And now you can help ensure your money is there when you need it with today's sponsor, Earn In. Just download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and watch your earnings tick up as you work. Access up to $100 a day and up to $750 per pay period so you can start making your summer plans now. It's free and easy to get started. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in True Story under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. True Story under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Thanks, Ernan. If there's someone who John Candy's character of Irv is likely based on, it's probably a man named Howard Siler, S-I-L-E-R. Although the real Howard isn't much like the drunken Irv we saw on screen. Howard Seiler was a five-time U.S. champion, an Olympian who participated in the 1972 and 1980 games, and was a coach with the U.S. bobsled team. Sure, his name wasn't used, but since Howard Seiler was the very first coach of the Jamaican bobsledding team, it's fairly obvious who the fictitious Irv Blitzer was based on. In an interview after Cool Runnings came out, Howard said that it was a good movie with a couple things that were true, but most of it wasn't true. Howard went on to explain that unlike Irv in the movie, he never won two gold medals in the Olympics, and perhaps more importantly, he wasn't an alcoholic in Jamaica who just happened to be on the island. So how did Howard make it onto the island? As anticlimactic as it may seem, Howard came to Jamaica because he was hired to be the first coach for the Jamaican bobsled team. He was hired by two American businessmen named George Finch and William Maloney. Together, these two men came up with the idea for a Jamaican bobsled team. Both of these men were living in Jamaica at the time, and at one point they saw a pushcart race. That's the sport we saw Dougie Doug's character, Sanka Coffee, doing in the beginning of the movie. George and William had the idea that with an abundance of great track runners in Jamaica, they could easily transfer over to bobsledding and were determined to fund the venture. So there are some similarities between the spirit of the film and the true story there. Although interestingly, in an article on ESPN, George Finch recalled talking to John Candy as he was prepping for his role. According to that article, John was talking to George because he was playing George's role in the film. According to George, quote, When John Candy spoke to me, he said, Whoa, I'm playing a completely different role. I was personally offended by the film because I'm not a disgraced Olympic bobsledder who's drunk, who's spending the rest of my life in some pool hall. But that's Hollywood. 
end quote. Since the movie shows that it was the track stars themselves that had the idea to try bobsledding, and Irv was the coach that they asked to help train them, it would seem that Irv Blitzer is actually more of a composite role with bits of Howard Seiler, George Finch, and William Maloney. Except it wasn't the athletes themselves who had the idea for the team. It was, as we just learned, George and William. And the real George and William couldn't convince any track runners to make the change to bobsledding. So it wasn't runners who failed to make it into the Summer Olympics because they fell during the trials like we saw in the movie. In truth, when George and William couldn't get any volunteers for their idea, they went to the Jamaican Armed Forces to find athletes. One of the real members of the original Jamaican bobsledding team, Dudley Stokes, recalled this in another Ask Me Anything on Reddit. Quote, I got into bobsledding because I was told to go. I was in the army at the time. The colonel made the suggestion to me, and because I was a captain, you do as you're told and obey orders. There were two Americans, George Finch and William Maloney, who were big into pushcart racing and thought it translated well to bobsledding. You mix that with the Jamaican athleticism, and they thought it could work with some of our track athletes. They couldn't get anyone to actually do the sport, so they went to the army and my colonel. That's how I became involved in it. Once there, I was hooked. End quote. And that's from Dudley Stokes, or Tal, as was his nickname. If the characters in the movie were real, Leon's character of Doris Bannock probably would have been who Dudley was modeled after because, simply put, Dudley, Tal Stokes, was the real driver of the first Jamaican bobsled team. Oh, and as a quick side note here, the term bobsled is more commonly used in the United States, while the term bobsleigh is used internationally. So even though there's not much about this in the story that happens inside the United States, simply because I am from the United States and because the movie refers to it as bobsled because it's created in the United States, that's why I keep referring to it as bobsled. Just wanted to point that out. Anyway, along with Dudley Stokes, the real bobsled team for Jamaica in the 1988 Calgary Olympics were Devin Harris, Michael White, and Freddie Powell. And then finally, Dudley's brother Chris would join the team last minute, and really even without being inside of a bobsled prior to joining the team. He joined because of an injury to one of the other bobsledders. So as a little side note, there's another movie that Hollywood has made based on the events in the 1988 Calgary Olympics. While the Jamaican bobsled team was competing across the games, an underdog skier named Eddie Edwards represented his home country of Great Britain. His story was brought to the silver screen with Taron Egerton and Hugh Jackman in 2016's Eddie the Eagle. But that's a story for another day. Back in Cool Runnings, after we're introduced to the major players in the film, there's another major plot point when the character of Coolidge refuses to support the team. Coolidge, who's played by Winston Stona, is the character who's portrayed as Jamaica's Olympic representative. By that, I don't mean he's from the Olympic Committee. We never really find out, but he's the one who Doris tries to convince to send them to the Olympics. So the implication there is that Coolidge is the one who determines who comes and who goes to the Olympics from Jamaica. Like the other characters, Coolidge is not a real person. But this point in the film is simply to imply that the Jamaican team has to find the money to go to the Olympics themselves. 
After being rejected by Coolidge, another one of the major plot points happens when Junior sells his car to afford sending the Jamaican team to the Olympics. All of that is made up. The truth is that George Finch and William Maloney sponsored the team. Since both George and William were rather well off, money really didn't seem to be much of an issue for the Jamaican team. Although it's worth pointing out that despite not wanting for money, that doesn't necessarily mean they were well prepared for their trip to the Winter Olympics. The Jamaican team did actually have to borrow some equipment to be able to compete. In the movie, after determining that they're actually able to go to the Olympics, it's time to train. This is done in two parts. The first part is in Jamaica, where we see John Candy as a coach urging along the clumsy Jamaicans in their push carts. Then the second part of training takes place in Calgary, where the Jamaicans are introduced to snow and ice for the first time. While the specific scenes were made up, the spirit of the story is, well, sort of true. The Jamaican team certainly weren't the bumbling athletes the movie makes it seem, but I guess that's how things get played up in a Disney movie for comedic effect. The truth is that while the Jamaican team's head coach may have been the American Howard Seiler, it wasn't like he was the only one helping to train the Jamaican bobsledders. There were other coaches from the U.S. and Austria who helped train the team. Probably the most realistic thing in the movie here was that there's not a lot of snow and ice in Jamaica. So the coaches from the U.S. and Austria took the Jamaican team to, you guessed it, the U.S. and Austria to train. More specifically in the U.S., Lake Placid, New York. Okay, that's a little obvious. So maybe the weather in Jamaica doesn't really count as the most realistic moment in the movie. Oh, in the movie, there is a scene where the four athletes arrive at the Calgary airport and hesitate going outside. John Candy walks outside in the blistering cold and blowing snow, and the camera comedically pans back to show the four Jamaicans huddled together for warmth as they refuse to go outside in the cold. Well, that was played up for comedic effect. The coach, Howard Seiler, recalled that that scene was the most realistic scene in the movie. As if bobsledding wasn't enough of a new experience for them. They had to get used to the cold itself. And that was a whole other element that they had to tackle. While they're training, there's a few major plot points that come to light in the film. One of those is that John Candy's character, Irv, apparently cheated and had his gold medals removed by the Olympic Committee. That never happened. The Jamaican's real coach, Howard Seiler, never cheated like Irv Blitzer did in the film. And as we already learned, he also never won gold medals at the Olympics. Another major plot point is through numerous scenes when we see the Jamaican bobsledders getting ridiculed by other teams. In particular, the Swiss team likes to mock the bumbling Jamaicans. As we already learned, there was a lot of added clumsiness added for comedic effect. In truth, when the Jamaicans showed up in Calgary for the Winter Olympics with the bobsled team, it is very likely that no one took them seriously at first. However, we don't have any evidence of anything like what happened in the movie, especially the mocking coming from the Swiss team. In truth, the other bobsledders loved the fact that the Jamaicans were competing. One of the teams even offered to give the Jamaicans a backup sled just so they could qualify for the Olympics. 
According to the movie, there's a bit of athletic heroism when the Jamaicans just barely manage to beat the time they need for their qualifying run. While the specifics were made up, the spirit of the story is fairly accurate here. The Jamaicans did qualify and compete. In the movie, in their first run, the Jamaican team has a horrible time. They make a comeback and everyone starts to cheer them as they have a great run on their second go-round though. All of that is made up. In fact, while the movie never shows this, the Jamaican's first bobsled run wasn't even a four-man sled. It was Dudley Stokes and Michael White who teamed up in a two-man sled and ended up placing 34th out of 41 total teams. Not amazing, but considering that this was the first time Jamaica had ever been represented in a Winter Games, that's not too bad. On their second run, the two-man team saw improvement. They finished 22nd. Then they declined a little in their final two runs as they came in 31st and 30th on their third and fourth runs. So while the movie never shows the two-man runs, in the end, the Jamaicans finished 30th overall after their four runs in the two-man event. In the movie, we see three runs on the four-man event. After their two-man runs, in truth, the world watched to see how the Jamaicans would do in the four-man event. Just like we saw in the movie, their first run in the four-man event wasn't very good. They finished 24th out of 26th, and even had part of their bobsled break off when Dudley jumped in at the start. In the movie, we see pieces of the bobsled come apart on their third run, eventually causing a dramatic crash. While that was heavily changed in the movie, the spirit of that happening is actually quite true. It wasn't because of any broken parts. The piece that broke off in the second run actually had no effect. But during one of the bends, the sled tipped over. While the movie makes it seem like it was because of a broken sled, most people actually believe it was due to driver error that caused the sled to tip. Still, the team was traveling about 80 miles per hour when they tipped. That's about 130 kilometers per hour. The movie does a great job of showing this because as it cuts to the Jamaican fans back in their home country, they're watching the event on TV. They're watching what looks like it could be realistic footage, and that's realistic because the filmmakers in Cool Runnings actually interspliced a lot of the real footage of the actual crash of the Jamaican's team in 1988. Because they were traveling so fast, the sled took almost 2,000 feet before it came to a stop. That's about 600 meters. In the movie, after realizing that there were no serious injuries, the crowd starts a very... Hollywood-esque slow crescendo of applause as the four bobsledders hoist their sled and finish the race on foot. In truth, the crowd's response was not what we saw in the film, but there was some applause in the crowd after everyone realized that there were no major injuries, kind of like what you see when you see anyone get injured or fall in a sport. But despite this, the Jamaican team didn't lift up the sled and carry it to the finish like we saw in the movie. Instead, they walked alongside it as they pushed it to the end. In fact, you can see footage of this run, the crash, and their walk to the finish in archival footage on YouTube. I'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes. As the movie comes to a close, there is text on the screen that says, 
Doris, Sanka, Jr., and Yol returned to Jamaica as heroes. Then, four years later, they returned to the Olympics as equals. It's a very fitting ending for a fun movie. But is it true? Well, sort of. It's not really true that those four returned because, as we learned earlier, Doris, Sanka, Jr., and Yol were all made-up people. The rest of that is true, though. The mere fact that Disney was inspired to turn their story into a movie is telling of how impactful the first Jamaican bobsled team was on the history of sports. Just like the movie says, the Jamaican team returned to the Winter Olympics four years after Calgary in 1988. Since joining the Olympics in 1988, there's only been two times that the Jamaican team failed to qualify, 2006 and 2010. That would make their second appearance in the 1992 Olympics, and they returned again in 1994, 1998, 2002, and most recently in the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi. Each time the Jamaicans compete, the lovable story and cool runnings comes to the forefront, and the efforts of those first bobsledders for the Jamaican team in 1988 comes to the public eye. After the 2014 Olympics, one of the original members of the 1988 bobsled team, Devin Harris, took over the Jamaican National Bobsled Program. As of this recording, the next Winter Games are in January of 2018 and will be hosted by South Korea and Pyeongchang. According to an interview with ESPN, Devin said he's hoping Jamaica will have their biggest representation to date. As he explained, quote, For the Pyeongchang Games in 2018, we're hoping to have one of the biggest teams we have had in a long time. We're hoping to have a two-man team, a two-woman team, a four-man team, and at least one male skeleton team qualifying and representing Jamaica. This episode of Based on a True Story was written and produced by me, Dan Lefebvre. To learn more about the true story behind Cool Runnings, I'd recommend reading a book by one of the real bobsledders on the 1988 Jamaican team, Chris Stokes. The book is called Cool Runnings and Beyond, the true story of the Jamaica bobsleigh team. As I mentioned earlier, you can also find footage of the team's crash and heroic walk to the finish on YouTube. The link to Chris's book, that video, and more. I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes over at basedonatruestorypodcast.com. Before we get to the answer to the two truths and a lie game, here's another five-star review. This one comes from ALO180, and it's called Very Well Done. Quote, Great podcast, very informative and entertaining, great audio quality, music, and content. I recommend for anyone interested in history and films, end quote. Thank you so much for the kind words. As is the case for most podcasters, I spent a great deal of time figuring out how to get good quality content, but it's often hard to know if what I think is good quality content is actually come across as such on the other end. So it means a lot to know that you see it as quality content, ALO 180. Thank you very much. And thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to find and listen to the Based on a True Story podcast. If you want to leave a five-star review for me to read in a future episode, hop on over to Apple Podcasts 
Or if you're not an Apple person, you don't have to use Apple Podcasts or iTunes to leave a review. Now you can also leave a review for the show on the Based on a True Story Facebook page over at facebook.com slash based on a true story podcast. Finally, it's time for the answer to our two truths and a lie game. Here are the two truths and one lie as a refresher. Number one, all of the characters were made up for the film. Number two, the real Jamaican bobsled team didn't crash in the 1988 Winter Olympics. Number three, one of the writers for Cool Runnings admitted to writing the film while on heroin. Did you find out which one is a lie? The lie is number two. While the crash wasn't exactly what we saw in the movie, the truth is that the Jamaican bobsled team at the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary, Canada, crashed their sled at high speeds. Fortunately, like the movie shows, no one was seriously injured, and instead it served as an inspirational moment for the tropical island's first attendance of the Winter Games, a moment that the world will never forget. Thanks again for listening. Was there anything about the true story that surprised you? Or what's your favorite Disney movie that's based on a true story? You can join the Based on a True Story Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Based on a True Story podcast and let me know. If you want to see some photos of the faces and places behind each episode of the podcast, follow the show on Instagram at Based on a True Story podcast. Or you can find me directly on Twitter where I'm at Dan Lefeb. D-A-N-L-E-F-E-B. Or maybe you're not a fan of social media. It's not for everybody, right? So you can shoot me a good old-fashioned email at dan at basedonatruestorypodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll chat with you again really soon. Music